If you're a veteran or military spouse of another state startup or small business and feel like you're making it up as you go, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to The Transition, where we demystify the entrepreneurial experience for veterans and military spouses who've already made or looking to make the transition from the military into entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the voice of the bunker. I'm a Marine Corps veteran, social entrepreneur, and member of the Bunker Lads branding team. In the following episode of The Transition, I talk about what it takes to achieve flawless acceleration in your business, rising above the day-to-day chaos and uncertainty that comes with being an entrepreneur, and focusing on the aspects of business building that actually drive results. If you're tired of being on the defensive in your business, this is an episode you don't want to miss. Before we jump into the show, be sure to subscribe to the Transition newsletter at the link in the show notes. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or in the newsletter, feel free to shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org or message me directly on LinkedIn. This episode of The Transition is brought to you by MetLife Foundation and their commitment to supporting veteran and military spouse entrepreneurs. In addition, MetLife Foundation also provides mentorship and financial health resources to veterans and military spouses transitioning into the workforce. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's show and that accelerates you on your own entrepreneurial journey. What is going on, Bunker? It's your boy, Iron Mike Stedman, coming to you from Newark, New Jersey. As always, I appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening to the show and showing love and support on social, man. I really appreciate you all. This show is not about me. It's about you. And I'm doing everything in my power to provide educational content and support as you all continue to bring your visions to life you know running a business of any size whether it's an early stage startup or a growth stage uh, business is hard and don't listen to what anyone tells you man it is hard there's a lot of hype out there but on this platform we like to keep it real and I spend my time with amazing entrepreneurs people that have exited their company for um, and selling it for 100 million dollar plus and let me tell you man there's no fluff there and so Those are the kind of people I move around to make sure that I am, you know, staying on course and focusing on the right things. And I just try to do my best to, uh, you know, uh, make sure that, you know, we avoid a lot of this hustle porn that's out there when we start talking about entrepreneurship on this platform. And, you know, that brings me to what I want to talk about today. And that's what it takes to achieve, you know, flawless acceleration in your business. At a certain point, right, you validate your business model or you're in the process of validating your business model and you're like, okay, I need to really start to make some progress um, in this business. And while there are some people out there that will tell you, okay, you need to post on social more, you need to do all this other stuff, right? Like actually what we really need to start doing is thinking about running this like a high level operation. And what am I talking about? I mean, we need to set vision and get it on paper for our team. We've got to have some kind of operating system to run our business, to track our progress, because if we're not doing that, our business is basically like a feral cat. It comes in and out of the house whenever it wants. It doesn't listen to anyone. It's just untrained, right? And that's not what we want. We've got to set some intention in our life because what's the point of, you know, uh, running a business and doing the grind day in and day out if we don't have a vision, not only just for the business, but for ourselves and where we're trying to go, Um We have to make sure we're tracking our progress, you know, with some kind of scoreboard, right? So that way, you know, as we're we're grinding it out, you know, week over week, month over month, et cetera, 
we have some progress. Um, we have something to track to see how far we've come and let us know what we need to focus on, get that data. And then lastly, you know, um, having the mindset of small incremental improvement over time, we like to call Kaizen. And so what ended up happening was a few weeks ago, I was in my bed at night. Um, I have trouble. I don't sleep the best, right? I feel like my mind is always on. And I've been reading a lot about the importance of writing and getting stuff down on paper as a means to quiet your mind. And I was just thinking about, you know, what does it take to um, achieve higher level entrepreneurship? And I know it's something that I'm seeking. That's why I invest in so much in reading and coaching and all these different other programs. And I will say I'm like night and day compared to where I was when I, you know, quit my job in 2018 and uh, jumped out the airplane with no parachute. And so now, you know, I'm in such a better place mentally, physically, and spiritually that I've learned a lot of things along the way. And that's why I emphasize so much this kind of idea of lifting as I climb and, you know, um, doing the hard stuff myself. So a lot of you all don't have to necessarily do it. I want you to do it in a, a faster, easier, and more efficient way. And so I'm laying in my bed at night and I was thinking about, you know, what it takes to achieve flawless acceleration. And I jumped up and I, I just wrote down some notes in, uh, in my notebook. And the next day, I sent out an email talking about um, a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. But I wanted to jump on the podcast just as a way to kind of reemphasize it. And so, you know, this idea of flawless acceleration, I just want you to equate it with just kind of higher level entrepreneurship. Because, you know, you're scrappy, you bootstrap your business or you're raising capital, you're doing whatever it takes to bring the vision to life. But now we've got to kind of start to standardize things a bit. And in the military, right, like they've got um, uh, we had the Marine Corps, I think it was like the TNR manual, you know, standard operating procedures. It's like the system is already built. Right. It's a factory. But when we're starting to build out our businesses, we have to build the systems ourselves. And, you know, I think Michael Gerber talks about this in E-Myth. Um, that's a, a book talking about what it takes to like build a business to work without you. Um but it's this idea of like, how do we turn our businesses into these like machines, you know, to where we're not necessarily having to do all the client work unless that's what we have to, right? Um, unless it fills you up. But either way, we still need to drive revenue. We still need to set goals. You know, we still need to inspire our teams. Um, and there's a lot that goes into that. And so I took down these notes on, you know, five things it takes to achieve a flawless acceleration. And so the first thing is, setting your company's vision and getting it on paper. All right. I have talked to a lot of uh, successful entrepreneurs that I personally look up to. And I always ask them, Hey, what books do you all recommend? And over and over and over again, people have recommended to me, Simon Sinek, start with the why. Now, if you don't know who Simon Sinek is, he's a thought leader has like the number two Ted talk of all time. It might even be number one on starting with the why and people always say watch the video right but like reading a book is like a big commitment and i saw mixed reviews on it so i was like I won't, i'm not sure whatever but literally at a certain point when multiple people that are doing things i aspire to do tell me to read the book you got to read the book and so i went ahead and downloaded it on audible and i'm working my way through it but essentially the reason they keep emphasizing it is because you know you've got to set intention about your company 
You know, it's like, what do you want the world to look like? I mean, I think about when I started Ironbound Boxing way back when, and honestly, I started in my mind before I even brought it to life. But for me, the why was, you know, I wanted to bring the best of the Service Academy boxing programs in the heart of the inner city. I had such an amazing experience boxing at the Naval Academy that I felt like so many other young men and women of color could benefit from it. And I wanted to build a program around that that wasn't focused on creating professional boxers, was focused on building champions in and out of the ring, right? But I'll tell you, man, you know, when you get beat up in life, right, uh, applying for grants, not getting them, you know, you're slaving away at the gym day after day, right? You're not making a lot of money. You don't have any donations, right? It's easy to lose sight of, like, why you got started in the first place. And I think that's one of the reasons why all these entrepreneurs keep recommending, you know, starting with the why, because that allows you in those moments when things are hard and you feel like you're off course to get recentered and go back to the basics and start, you know, with the why, right? Like even myself, right? Even on the personal side of the house, you know, one of the reasons I love and enjoy being an entrepreneur so much is because it allows me to uh, have freedom and autonomy in my life, right? Now, don't get me wrong. When you're responsible for other people, having a team, having a facility and stuff, et cetera, freedom feels a little different, but I just knew I never wanted to feel suffocated on the job, right? If I come up with a great idea for something, I don't want to ask people uh, for permission. And I also don't want to have people, you know, standing over my shoulder, right? And so, you know, I'm always going back to that of like, hey, why did you get it? Why are you doing this in the first place? Because, you know, revenue ebbs and flows. Sometimes you're kicking ass and taking names. Other times you're just um, in the trenches. You feel like you're in the mud. But understanding, you know, why I set out on this path, you know, just kind of brings clarity and lets you get back to focusing on the right things. And it's important, though, that we don't just talk about this stuff. It's that we get it on paper. Because when you start to scale up and bring on other team members, even if it's just a VA or you got a co-founder or you have your nonprofit and you start putting a board together, you know, people don't necessarily know what's in your head. So you've got to start sharing this stuff. And I was at an event um, with the Lions Pride almost like three years ago. And uh, there's a guy named John Hammond who runs a company called Fortimize. Um, just doing really, really well. They're like Salesforce integrators, killing it. And, you know, John shared some words to wisdoms with us over dinner. And one of the things he talked about was the importance of writing and sharing your thoughts. And so that stuck with me. And when I came back, I got in the habit of using Google Docs and writing things um, and sharing them with my team. I don't know if they read everything, but I'm constantly just kind of writing out ideas, writing out visions, um, writing out um, just stuff that I'm thinking about, frameworks and stuff, et cetera. And I share it with my team. And the great thing I've noticed about that is there's just such great energy on the back end of Ironbound Media and Ironbound Boxing because I feel like everyone understands what we're working towards, what the goal is. And, you know, my VA, um, shout out to Kristen, my COO, and uh, Erica, uh, my head of marketing, right? They do a great job of being inside my head. Like They stay two to three steps ahead of me. And the reason I think they're able to do that is because I write stuff down, I share it, and I talk about it constantly, you know, we're on calls and stuff, et cetera. So, you know, set the vision for 
your company, set the vision for your personal life, start with the why, get it down on paper, and start sharing it with people to help you bring this vision to life. That's not to say everyone needs to know what's going on inside your head all the time, but at least people who have a stake in the outcome, I encourage you to, to share it with them. So the next thing I want you to do is you need to write out your personal plan and where you see yourself in one, three, and 25 years. Um, so actually, you can, the best way to do it is to start in the future and work your way backwards. And I was actually talking to Brendan Aronson about this, uh, one of the co-founders of Paint True. Um, him and I went to the cabin together, served in the Marines. And I think a lot of people are not living their life with intention. I grew up in the South, um, single parent home, uh, raised by my mom and, you know, my aunt, right? And one of the reasons I chose to go to the military in the first place was because I felt like people around me were not thriving. I felt like everyone was surviving. And you would ask them, you know, hey, how's it going? And they're like, just making it, man, just making it, right? And I always hated that. It bothered me, even from an early age. And I'm cognizant when people ask me, like, Mike, how's it going? I'm either living the dream or I say I'm blessed and highly favored, right? And I, I mean that. I mean, I, I, have a, I have no complaints these days, right? Yeah, stuff gets hard, but at the end of the day, I'm living life on my own terms. But the thing that I've learned, especially in the last, like, three years of just how much control we can have over our lives if we live with intention, and a lot of us have life happening to us instead of forcing the lives that we want to live for ourselves. Like the future doesn't exist yet, right? We literally have the ability to create it and manifest it into existence. But it starts by getting intentional about where you want to go and where you want to be and setting a path to get you there, right? So again, I'll use myself as an example. One of the goals I used to have was to be head boxing coach at the Naval Academy before um, becoming an entrepreneur, right? So I wanted to, um, you know, I was like, I'm going to leave um, the military. I'll move to Newark, build a gym, start my organization, get some street cred, really learn inner city boxing, and then, um, you know, go to the Naval Academy and coach for like 30 years, whatever. Now, although that didn't, uh, that has not happened necessarily yet, me setting that course of action is what led me to, you know, come to Newark, is what led me to lean heavily into boxing, right? It's what led me to build my persona around the sport. I remember at one point I was like, I want to make myself the most qualified person in America to be the next uh, Navy boxing coach. And I feel like by and large, uh, I, I've done that on that front, right? But when I was doing that, see, I didn't necessarily, I, I didn't understand the importance of what I was learning about getting stuff down on paper and setting a plane. And so then, you know, entrepreneurship is hard. It's like, it can be the what was me, but the same can apply, right? So when you start looking out in the future, it's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a venture capitalist at some point? You know, do you want to uh, uh, build a franchise that's all across the country? You know, um, I mean, you start to think about where you see yourself and that what's going to happen is it's going to start to prime your mind about, opportunities that you come across to be able to take advantage of right again for me right one of the things that i'm looking towards doing over um the next year are on-site like brand 
um, workshops. So I envisioned myself being able to go to companies, teaching one day, brand intensives, et cetera. And I had a client, a prospect, right, um, that uh, forced me to actually seek out a business coach to help me do that, right? Her name is Pia Silva. She runs a company called No BS Agency to help agency owners like myself increase profitability while decreasing their overhead. And, um, uh, you know, there's this client locally that I was looking to do some work with. I did like three uh, in-person sessions talking with them and stuff, et cetera. And then I sent the proposal and I got ghosted, right? And I was like, never again. I never want to do that again where I write a proposal and I, there's no follow-up and stuff, et cetera. And had already been telling my team that, hey, at some point um, in, the, in the coming quarter, I want to implement these uh, on-site you know, brand workshops. I've already been doing them for free, but I want to start charging for them and stuff, et cetera. Well, sure enough, I'm listening to a podcast and I hear Pia on this podcast where I hear the host reference uh, Pia's company and how they used to do these intensives in a single day. That was her whole business model and stuff, et cetera. Next thing I know, I fall all the way down her funnel. I read her book, listen to her podcast, and end up signing up to work with her. But because, right, I had already put in my mind that, um, you know, over the next year, I want to start doing uh, one-day brand-intensive uh, workshops. And so that's what I mean when you start priming your mind. You start to see opportunities that have kind of always been there, but you don't see them in the same light because you weren't, your mind wasn't primed. And for us now, especially how hard life has been with the pandemic and mental health and all this other stuff, right? Like, you got to get stuff down on paper about, you know, how you see your life playing out. Because a lot of times we set these big, hairy, audacious goals like, oh, I want to be a multimillionaire and I want to do all this other stuff. But like, why? Like, what's the real reason? What's the underlying reason why you want to do these things? And when you start getting stuff down on paper and you start writing it out and you start writing out the life you have for yourself, you know, you might have some insights that you didn't realize uh, were there before. You know, I'm a big fan of Steve Harvey. I'm probably going to talk about um, his podcast interview um, on a coming episode. But I've been reading his book, too. And one of the things he talks about is like his life changed when he started doing vision boards. And it's like you hear people say this, like, oh, do your vision board, put stuff out there um, and start, you know, um, the pics and your dream house and dream car and all this other stuff. Right. And for some, it can seem hokey pokey. But then you start thinking about, like, what's the alternative? Right. Just letting life kind of happen or again, getting it down on paper, having a vision to work for towards and physically manifesting it. Right. And I don't know about you guys, but I choose a ladder. So one of the things I was texting my girlfriend was like, hey, you and I need to do vision boards. And so I know we got to get it on paper, um, get it on the calendar because it's not on the calendar. Um, it's not going to happen. And one of the methods to be able to do that is, again, start with that 25 year vision of your in the future and work your way back. I want to be able to support other entrepreneurs of color, both as an investor and an advisor. And I want to be able to cut checks. And it, I, like, I don't care if I make money back or not, because that's not what it's in it for me. It's about unlocking a uh, new value, you know, um, education wise, like, you know, when I left the military, I didn't think I was smart enough to go to business school. So I didn't even apply, you know, but one of the things I put on my 25 year vision is that like, yo, I hold an executive MBA from some elite business school. I think I put, um, warden at the university of uh, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, I've built multiple 
businesses. You know, I'm a, 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 I call myself an urban capitalist these days because I like investing in culture and founders of color, but potentially being a venture capitalist, uh, angel investor. You know, um, I have a whole sheet where I write this stuff down for my 25 year. And then three years, it's like I know for three years, you know, I'm working towards, um, you know, uh, multiple businesses, right? Have my businesses run without me, right? I'm not there yet, but that's what I am working towards. That's why I'm operationalized things. And then this year, you know, this year has been all about um, learning and growing and investing in myself uh, education-wise. But I have some uh, hairy goals that I want to accomplish this year. You know, one of them was writing a book. And I did it. I wrote a book. It's crazy, right? Um, and so now I'm gonna start hitting the speaker circuit and start, you know, raising more awareness around that. I remember one of my goals was to launch the podcast and, you know, um, built Ironbound Media at one point. And here we are. So, you know, I say all that to say of like, manifest the life you want to have for yourself and your family by getting it on paper and just, just again, um, just writing it out. And I know for me, right, one of the things I tell my team is, like, I don't want my team at Ironbound Media. I don't see myself having a team bigger than, like, five to ten people. And that's for a couple of reasons. One, I've been responsible people for people for so long um, that I just want to create a space where I enjoy showing up to work. I don't want to be in a managerial role too much. I want to be more in my, like, zone of genius. Now, setting vision and goals, right, that stuff is great. But I just meant more around like the day to day. Right. Like I like staying um, in my zone of genius. And I know I told my team I want us to generate enough margin and revenue to uh, fund our own ventures, create our own venture studio. where We spin up ideas either in house or we invest in founders we come across. Again, we're not there yet, but these are the kind of things that I am putting on paper and start to work towards. All right. So once you get your businesses why okay and you have your personal why you got it down on paper the next thing that you need is you've got to have some kind of operating system for your business now i brought christina Waki on here from radical focus to talk about objectives and key results we had andrea on to talk about the entrepreneurial operating system i haven't gone over the four disciplines of execution uh yet but there's all these different kind of operating systems people have built. Uh, Vern Harnish is scaling up to help you manage your business, right? And again, I understand when you're scrappy and you're just sitting there with your laptop in that empty co-working space or you're in your kitchen or whatever else, right? People tell you need to work on your business, not in your business. You're like, yeah, Mike, what does that mean, right? Getting an operation system is where the process starts. And it can start in just the most basic way. So like at Ironbound Media, our operating system is actually a combination, I feel like, of uh, the OKRs and something we've just built ourselves, to be honest, right? So what do I mean by that? It's like, okay, you know, we, if you, if you remove yourself from the business, okay, could your business, what would it take for your business to work without you, All right? It's like, what are you doing on Monday? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like go all the way through the week. Like what does the business look like during the week? Okay. How are you getting stuff to clients? How are you tracking progress? How are you doing all these other things, right? The operating system is essentially, you know, how your business runs. It's like the underlying mechanics of the business. And like I'm a history major, y'all, right? Like I, I remember when I went to Naval Academy, people were talking about systems engineering. 
had no idea what it was, right? But now I can start to appreciate the importance of building systems because everything is a system, right? There are people who say, do it once, document it, right? And then pass it on to someone else. So that way, you know, as founders, we do the grunt work the first time. We, you know, we really operationalize it. And then we start passing on to other people. And it's, it's taken me like four years to figure this out, y'all. Now stuff is starting to make sense. So on the back end, I'll give you an example of Ironbound Media. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have a 30-minute stand-up. For those stand-ups, we have an agenda. Those agendas are broken down into, you know, uh, to-dos, uh, you know, follow-ups, our podcast clients, like all of that stuff, right? Stuff that's coming up on the calendar. We have a great agenda that we follow, okay? Outside of that, right, we've got templates for everything, Templates for how we launch shows, how we upload podcasts. We've got templates for our brand strategy stuff. Everything is templatized. Um, and what's cool now is that when, when I started this, right, it was just me literally in my bedroom with a laptop and a microphone, right? But as I started to onboard clients and because of the experience I had learned doing things the wrong way early on, I started creating templates, right, about how we do stuff here. And Lo and behold, once I brought on my virtual assistant, right, we got a little better. Then I brought on my marketing person. We got a little better. And so now my team and I have built a business that essentially can operate without me. Okay. At this point, you know, I create the content. You know, I do write newsletters still. Do I have to write the newsletter? But for me, it's this ability to um, articulate my thoughts and think through things. But being able to go on vacation, be able to travel, you know, and have uh, the company run without me, right, is uh, it's taken me a long way to get to this point. Now, I'm still responsible as a founder of driving revenue, right, um, and maintaining a constant stream of leads. And even that is something we've, we started to operationalize because every Tuesday, right, we, uh, we have our system for um, outreach, okay? And I'm about to actually start to scale that up. And so it's cool because now, again, this is that higher level entrepreneurship I was talking about to where you're not just focused on the client delivery, right? I'm not just in there editing audio and doing all the stuff that I used to do like two years ago, right? I, now I'm actually building the systems to make the, 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 the business uh, run more efficiently, more, more smoothly, right? And so that's what you have to do. You have to be able to, uh, rem to level up essentially, Right. And start to really work on the core aspects of the business. And the most basic way in my mind to start is a way to set goals, one or two goals, one or two objectives. Right. And then work your way to prioritizing those and hitting them. All right. And then start to identify what the bottlenecks are. Right. And have a system or systems in place to push past that. Right. Check out objectives and key results, right? And again, pull out the book Traction. That's another operating system. It's a little bit more um, elaborate for early stage founders, especially when you're just bootstrapping from the ground up. But either way, you need to start creating a way for your business to um, deliver the value you promised the clients, but also, you know, run in a way that's efficient. Right. And again, you got to put your you got to put on your um, I believe hat here. And let me tell you, when you start building your company's operating system, 
then you start to have a a more disciplined business, right? It's less about like, I wake up today, I have no idea what I'm going to do and da-da-da versus like, man, you got plans, right? Like you're starting to build this machine and it's impressive when you start to see it. And again, all, uh, all businesses ain't equal, right? You see people out there that you look online and it seems like they're killing it, but behind the scenes, they're running around like a chicken with their head cut off. They're not resting. They got to do everything themselves, right? It's just a constant grind. And you know what? You might take a little bit uh, less revenue because you start bringing on more people to do the administrative task that's not in your zone of genius, right? But you're going to have a better entrepreneurial experience, right? You're going to be able to go to the gym in the morning, right, and work out while business is running as usual because you have a team and you've got a system to deliver the value that you promise your clients, right? So you're basically scaling yourself and your ideas, right, and putting it into this system. So I want to encourage you to start working on building an operate, uh, operating system. And maybe I'll come on another episode and just go in a little bit more detail about what that can potentially um, um, look like. And that's higher level um, entrepreneurship. You're going to appreciate it. Once you start to have that system, and this is where I'm at now, and I've known I should have done it. I should have been doing it. I said should have done it, y'all. My Southern accent's coming out. But you've got to have a cadence of accountability which is why I started implementing those stand-ups, I think like two years ago. I started doing stand-ups in like 2020. But you also need a scoreboard to track your progress, right? Um, and I was on a coaching call yesterday with uh, Pia, you know, the, my agency coach, and uh, she had uh, an entrepreneur come on and kind of talk about her goals um, and how she built her company. And I think she was up to like, I don't know, like over 35K a month uh, recurring. But when she started her business and what she does is she does um, she helps like venture capital firms create slides and graphics for their 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 ventures and stuff, et cetera. She left her job in corporate America and she was like, I, I need to be able to replace this income. And at the time, I think she was making like 8K a month. So she wrote like 8K on her little whiteboard. Right. And started um, just was like relentless about reaching out until she got up to that. So she would get a client. She's like, okay, that's a thousand K there. Boom. Get another client. That's a thousand K or 2,500 or whatever. And then you start working towards it, right? The scoreboard lets you get real about where you are and where you need to go. Okay. So again, I know a lot of people have yet to violate their business model. So one easy objective is validate the business model. Okay. What's your scoreboard? All right. Scoreboard. When you don't have revenue, what you can tie it to is lead and lag measures. All right, so let me break this down. Lag measures are the outcome, right? So my book example. Okay, I want to write a book. Cool, outcome. Lead measure is number of one-hour writing sessions conducted during the week, no phone, no internet, etc. right? And so let's say I put, you know, um, I'm going to do, you know, three hours of writing a week, right? And I track it. And every time I do, I mark it. Da, da, da. I get to the end of the week, you know, my admin says, Mike, how many hours did you um, work on your writing? Three hours. Boom. The next week, maybe I do four. Boom. But it starts to compound. Next, you know, I got seven hours. I got 10 hours, 15, 20 hours. Right. And voila, you know, with the first draft of your book. OK, so that's lead and lag measures. Well, for your scoreboard, for a lot of y'all. Right. Especially when you're talking about driving revenue, it can be the number of uh, sales calls with 
uh, qualified leads, right? So not just raggedy leads. It could be channel partners, right? Like you start to put the things on the scoreboard that are going to drive um, the outcome. It's like, where do you, what are the, the key metrics in your business that you need to track? It can be revenue too. Hey, what's our monthly revenue? What's our weekly revenue? What's the number of new clients we signed up this month? Whatever. You start to create a little scoreboard and you keep it simple and you start to track it, right? And you look at that scoreboard every week, right? And then you say, what can we do to uh, improve upon this? And again, now you're starting to get a little bit more discipline in your business, right? And we go back to how do you make your business run without you? Well, now you got the scoreboard. People know what they need to be working on. That's the other thing too is like when you don't have a scoreboard, right? It puts you on the defensive, right? Again, going back to what we talked about of life just kind of happening to you versus, okay, I got to get this venture off the ground, right? We said we're going to accomplish X, right? We need to measure our progress, right? We need key numbers, revenue, cash on hand, whatever it is that you come up with and say, hey, these are our critical numbers. These are the things that matter the most for where we're at in this stage of the business, right? And we need to focus on those, right? Same thing, right? Like if you don't prioritize it and get it down, it doesn't happen. Maybe you're in a growth stage and say, okay, I need to do some hiring, right? Well, how do you track that? Maybe it's the number of interviews you conduct each week, right? So now, yeah, we're setting goals for ourselves and we have these outcomes, but it's like, what are we doing to manifest it, to physically making it happen, right? I grew up in the church down south, right? And I would go to church on Sundays with my mom um, and my family and stuff. And so long, I mean, for a long time, you know, I felt like you go to church, people fire us up. But when it came time to like get through the week and accomplish goals, whether it's health goals, you know, people would pray, oh, I want to be more healthy or I pray for finance. Uh, I pray for financial independence. You pray for all these things. But then it's like, what are people actually doing to track their progress on accomplishing these things? Right. And I never grew up learning how to do that. Right. It was all of just think positive, speak positive. But now to get to that next level. Right. I'm understanding the importance of like tracking progress. Right. And literally being disciplined about your execution. And this is so important as you build your business, because it's just like it's 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 fiction. You know what I mean? You're just sitting there alone coming up with this crazy idea. But we got to start to um, create boundaries and start to create left and right lateral limits and really make this thing bigger than ourselves. And this is how you do it. And then you start to say, OK, well, I have these ambitious goals for myself and my team. Let's work towards it. Let's get it down on paper, because if we don't know where the gaps are, you can't focus on it. Right. And you need to see it there. It needs to stare you in the face so you know every week, you know where you are. Right. And which brings me to the last point, which is this idea of Kaizen, right? Which is a term for consistent and incremental improvement over time. One of the mistakes I've made early on, and I'm sure a lot of you all can um, uh, identify with this is, we set such big goals for ourselves and it can be, we assume that success can come a lot quicker than we initially planned on, right? And when that success doesn't come right we can beat ourselves up about it right we can feel like failures or feel like you know um, what are we doing whatever instead of saying to ourselves like how can i get better every day 
how can I get better every week, every month, every year, and just keep tweaking, just keep tweaking, just keep tweaking, because what we're going for is we're going for that compound effect, right? You've got to have this belief that things are going to work out in the end, right? It's called the Stockdale Paradox, but have enough sense to recognize your current reality. Hey, we're not there yet, and be committed to making incremental action, taking incremental action to get there, right? It's no different when I started boxing, right? Like I was not a good boxer at all, right? I got slaughtered my first boxing match. lost it in like 30 seconds. But once I made the commitment to improving in the sport, every day, show up. I showed up to the gym, trained, sparred, got better. Show up to the gym, trained, sparred, got better, day in, day out, until I was able to win my first national championship and then three. But again, Mike Stedman, you know, in 2006 as a freshman and me now, or in, and me by the time I graduated, were completely different spaces. But what I did was I showed up and I put in the work and I stayed focused on the outcome. Even when things got hard, you know, even when I took losses, right, or I had a bad day sparring or whatever, it, I wasn't looking at it in the one. Right. I always stayed focused on the, the grand scheme of things. And that's what you have to do in your business. OK, you got to stay focused on the big picture and let's focus on making small improvement. Right. Like if you did reach out last week. Right. And say, oh, you know, you only did like five reach outs, whatever. Maybe this week let's do reach out to seven people. And then the week after that, nine or ten or whatever. Right. Whatever we got to do, we get better. Then you start doing these these reach outs, right? Trying to book more sales calls, and like now you're creating marketing copy and you're tweaking it, right? So you're making this small improvement. You're optimizing your business, right? And now you feel like you control the outcome instead of again losing control of it. Because there's so much stuff in life. There's so much stuff in business that makes us feel like we no longer have control. You know, recession pandemic, all this other stuff. I want you guys to go on the offense. Everything I talked about today about achieving this flawless acceleration, you know, focusing on setting your vision, writing your plan to keep you accountable, building an operating system, keep you disciplined and set your cadence of accountability, your scoreboard, right? This is all to accomplish that, right? This is all to take back control and say, you know what, there's a lot of stuff going on, but this is what we're focusing on, right? You know why? Because this is our vision, and we have a plan in place to accomplish it. And when you have a plan that you're actually tracking and executing on, beyond your strategy, I'm not just talking about throwing up something on a whiteboard. I'm saying you got systems in place, right, to, uh, to accomplish that outcome. It's a game changer. You talk about, like, Alabama football. I forgot the head coach there, but my man has a system, there's a reason they go to the national championships, uh, uh, you know, more often than not, right? That's what you need. You need a system. You need to build your playbook and, and make it work. And you're going to be able to speak with so much confidence. You're going to be at such a higher level of entrepreneurship that when you do start to engage in these programs, whether it's breaking barriers in entrepreneurship, veterans and residents, you make it a CEO circle, et cetera, right? It's going to be like jet fuel on your business because – you're pumping it in the machine, right? You've done a lot of the grunt work already. So now, boom, going to optimize it. I, I believe in this stuff. I'm not just, uh, you know, 
I wouldn't take the time to write this out, right? Like I wrote it in a newsletter and I'm coming on here talking about it on the podcast if I didn't believe it. It's worked wonders in my life as an entrepreneur. Um, I'm getting more healthier than I've been in a while, especially on the back of COVID. I just feel energized, you know, and I feel so much more confident. I'm able to speak with conviction and that's what I want for all of you. And, you know, I'm just so worried that because so many people are trying to monetize the illusion of entrepreneurship, that a lot of founders fall into the hustle porn um, trap and end up working on stuff that doesn't get them to where they want to go. And you all have sacrificed so much serving in the military or being the spouse of someone who serves in the military that I know how risky it is for you to pursue this entrepreneurial dream. But I believe in you. Bunker Labs believes in you. That's why we exist. And we're going to do everything in our power to empower you with the right tools and resources to support you on the way. So do me a favor. I don't want you to just listen to this episode. I want you to implement it. I want you to start writing stuff out. I want you to share it with me. You can reach out to me at Iron Mike Stedman on LinkedIn or shoot me an email at mike.stedman at bunkerlabs.org. Subscribe to this newsletter. You know, I send out a newsletter at least once a week. I've been doing a better job about that. And, you know, if you have questions or if I start to see stuff that's coming up from what you all are submitting, I'll address it on the show or in the newsletter. You know, let's rise together, y'all. We got this, man. I'm I believe in I believe in you. If you're listening to this podcast, I believe in you because you had enough sense to listen. But again, we've got to get out of just consuming content and get focused on taking action. That's why I want you to start implementing all the stuff that I talked about and share it with me or share it with one of your cohort members and stuff, et cetera. This is higher level entrepreneurship, but you can do it. Trust me. Appreciate y'all as always. Thanks so much, man. I want to shout out our sponsor, MetLife Foundation, for giving me the opportunity to uh, host this platform and Bunker Labs as well for creating such an amazing ecosystem. Make sure y'all head over to BunkerLabs.org if you haven't done so already. Get plugged into the ecosystem and attend one of our networking events or programs. We got programs that'll take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you alongside other founders and CEOs. Until next time, peace, love. Have a great rest of your week.